This is the This Is Gonna Hurt podcast with Jay Gordon Duncan. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the This Is Gonna Hurt podcast with Jay Gordon Duncan. And if you're wondering why the J, the answer is I am not a bagpipe player. And if that joke doesn't make any sense to you, I encourage you to check out episode zero where we talk about that joke as well as the purpose of the This Is Gonna Hurt podcast where we talk about faith, family, fitness, finances, and sometimes fun. Well, I want to jump right into this episode. We are going to interview a friend of mine named Scott Ross. I've known Scott since I've been in Virginia, so that's roughly six or seven years here. Uh, and Scott and his wife, Julia, are running an amazing ministry, multiple ministries and businesses in Peru. So let me give you his uh, background, his bio, and then we're going to jump into the interview because Scott and his wife are doing amazing things uh, not just going to Peru and serving people, which in and of itself is wonderful, uh, but he's uh, enabling people to start businesses, and he's really helping people walk out of shame, and I think that's really, really key. Uh, but Scott is the founder, he and his wife, of Five and Two Global Initiatives. Uh, he's the executive director and business and missions consultant. Um, he was raised uh, in a Christian home by God's grace here in the Fredericksburg, Virginia area. And after serving on his local church's mission committee and after taking a few mission trips, he decided to move to Peru. And that led him to founding a few other organizations like Five and Two Global Initiatives and its for-profit side, Five and Two Investments. And there, they have a ministry uh, that is supported by local ministries, and they have a belief that small businesses and Christian business people um, are a part of enabling uh, the locals in Peru to have their own businesses and to be self-sustaining. So they're presently, I believe it's in Trujillo or Trujillo, Peru. Um, and they offer financial training, business training, and business consulting services. Uh, he's married to Julia, and they have a four-year-old named Anya. Uh, and this, guys, this is just a great ministry. We're going to, uh, a great interview. We're going to hear about how these guys thought they were going to do one thing in Peru. That came to an end, and they had to completely reinvent themselves. And some great lessons there. We're going to hear about how they're helping people walk out of shame. They're helping couples get married that aren't able to get married. They're helping women transitioning out of orphanages to start businesses on their own guys this has so many applications for us for your faith it has applications if you were an entrepreneur there's so much to learn from this episode i'm excited about this interview so take a listen thanks for hanging in there and listening to the this is gonna hurt podcast and please read the show notes um, because i give you lots of information about how you can partner with and learn about what scott and julia are doing okay on to the interview well, Scott, welcome so much to the This Is Gonna Hurt podcast. I appreciate you joining us all the way from Peru. Thanks, man. Oh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. I listen frequently to your podcast, and I'm glad that we can join you and talk today about our ministry here. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, it's funny. Just today, I was looking at um, some of the stats, and it said that 1% of my listeners come from Peru, and I didn't even put it together. And I'm like, well, who in the world is uh, <laughs> listening That's for me, Peru. And then it's you, unless there's more than one of you. It's probably less than 1%, but I appreciate it, man. Thanks, you. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, it's something I enjoy doing, but it's also great because I want to talk to folks like you so we can hear a little bit about what you've been up to. So thanks again, man. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. Um, so yeah, no, thanks for having me. Now, Scott, you and I met, I, you know, amazingly enough, it is getting close to about seven years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Uh you and I met, I think, in the fall of 2012, 
right when you guys were making plans to head to Peru. Does that sound about about the right time frame? Um, if that aligns with when you were launching Evident Grace, then I would say, yeah, that was when we would have met. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what were yeah. you doing before you were in Peru, Scott? What were you doing then? Um, before I moved to Peru, I worked in primarily um, real estate development in the Fredericksburg area. I was a, I am still a member of New Life in Christ Church um, and was serving in the missions committee there, chaired the missions committee there, and led a lot of missions trips here to Peru. Oh, okay. So that's how you got your first uh, connectivity was through New Life in Christ Church. Okay. Um, well, yeah. what... Uh, so I know that you went a couple of times, I guess. Now, what is it about Peru in and of itself that made you want to pack up and head over there and do all you're doing? I want to hear more about it, but I mean, what, what was it about Peru that just made you and Julia say, you know what, we need to come here and do stuff? Oh, man. Um, well, at first, I didn't feel that way at all. Um, the Lord is, is interesting in that I first time I came to Peru was a long, long time ago, like 2002 or three, 2002. And returning from that trip, I told everyone, oh, it was nice. I had, you know, learned a lot. I just, did some good work, but I don't think I'm going back. Okay. <laughs> and little did I know that not only would I go back on many more short-term trips, but eventually I would move here and live here. As far as what like, actually then made that jump, I think, one was a sense of calling, um, you know, really at, at a certain point after a number of short-term trips, I was here and I really just felt on the trip and I really just felt like the Lord was was calling me to do more in the missional side of things and and then he just started opening doors. Um, so I came here for a year and during that year was when really a lot of the um, ideas behind the organization that we eventually started five and two global initiatives kind of began to kind of develop. Um, it was a time, it was 2008 and nine and it was in the middle of a lot of economic downturn. And mm -hmm. I was seeing a lot of ministry work that had been existing for a long time disappearing because of lack of financial support. Okay. And so as a business with a business background and the desire to do missions, I thought, okay, well, you know, we need to find a way to help support ministry that is really good locally um, so that we're not so dependent on, you know, always the, the church and the churches and people in the United States or in Europe and other, um, you know, more developed countries, but instead helping to bring along people here locally who can support that work themselves. And so that's what we do now. You know, uh, God, that's encouraging. I mean, you are probably aware, as I've seen over the years in churches and missionary work, that there was always a large sense of people uh, of going on mission trips and, and doing something for people or doing uh, things for indigenous groups, of which it has its value. But then when folks came back to America, those things just kind of stayed or were left undone. And so it sounds like what you're trying to do is to go over there and actually enable people. Is that what you're saying? Is that what you guys are trying to do? Absolutely, yeah. We work um, with our organization, 5 and 2 Global Initiatives, here in Trujillo, Peru, 
in kind of three main areas. We do some financial training, um, which we incorporate with some uh, like community savings groups, which are basically like some small savings and loans kind of uh, organizations that are that are we utilize some biblical materials to kind of in, in, in help build um, a sense of trust and an understanding of why we can work together to change our financial approach to things. And then we do some business training. Uh, we have a, kind of a, a really informal business um, level is what we call it here, which is for the, the folks who really just don't have any sort of formal training, but have just started a small business out of their home, which is pretty typical in a lot of the developing countries. Um, and then we have a, a level that's for folks who maybe have a little more business, um, even maybe have gone to university or an institute of some sort and got some education. Um, and there's kind of an advanced level that we have materials for. Okay. And then lastly, we do one-on-one -on -one consulting with people who have, either have a business or want to have a business, and we help them do business planning, um, develop either a business improvement plan or a business plan. Um, and all of that, we try to encourage them to consider that then whatever, you know, they have results from, from their improved or new business can be used to continue to do good things in their community through their church and local ministry that they want to support. Okay, so you're doing personal financial training, you're doing some uh, uh, some business training, but then there seems to be a, uh, a higher step where you're really helping people put together business plans and start businesses themselves. Is that right? Is that what you guys are doing? Right. Amazing. Exactly. Now, um, and then do, do you guys have businesses in and of yourself that you are operating there? So when we first came to Peru, we started a business. Um, and initially, so our ministries kind of had a little bit of a shift in the exact approach we've taken. That was our initial approach was we started this small business. We were actually working with a couple of specific partners. Um, they had come out of the orphanage that we had for years and years supported through our church. Um, one of the young men had been trained to be a chef. And so we started that small business basically to, it was a cafe restaurant, and uh, we were trying to meet the needs of, of the local community. They were really at the base of a pretty touristy area. Um, but a lot of things changed in the process. That young man ended up falling in love with an American girl and moving to the United States. Um, yeah. He now lives there and has a job and is very grateful for you know the help that we were able to give him, but it kind of changed a lot of what we were doing. Um, and we realized that while what we thought we were doing there was was good, um, that the vision was pretty, was a, could be a lot bigger and that we could actually help a lot more people um, if we didn't necessarily focus all of our time every day in one business. Um, so, yeah, right now we don't have a business that we're exclusively owning and operating. Um, there's a possibility that what we talked about, we have a small businesses that we're working with getting started and we certainly chip in and help them out but it but we wouldn't own those businesses well scott yeah, that's at least at this point that that's got to take a lot of i mean it's got to take a lot of faith it's got to be scary i'm imagining you're heading down to peru you you've packed up your life from america it seems like you're throwing everything into this restaurant cafe coffee shop and then it seems that that's not going to be the most effective way and then you guys made a big shift from operating a business to teaching and enabling others. What was that time like? I mean, it's kind of scary, but that's the kind of 
time frame where God really moves and all of a sudden we just do a crazy, like just incredible thing. So was that a scary time for you? What was it like? Yeah, no, Gordon, you're, you're dead on there. It was, it was uh, a scary and in the end, a, a beautiful time, really. Like we didn't know um, what we were going to do. We knew that our you know main partner that we had started this small business uh, to really train up and, and eventually for it to be his had a major change in his life, and we were happy for him. Like, you know, he was going to marry a godly Christian woman and, and a great opportunity to come to the United States and, you know, start a life here, there. And so we said, you know, okay, now what do we do, Lord? Right, right. And we never really felt, we never really felt like the answer in any way in our hearts ever felt like pack up and leave. So we just didn't know what that meant. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean that we didn't consider the book like and if we had to what we would do, because we also didn't feel like the answer was the two of you continue to run this business without a partner. Right. Um, right. And our organization never really felt like that was what we were here for either. So we very much kind of endeavored on, let's look for a partner. And when that didn't happen, we started to get um, an opportunity to, to move to this town that we're in now. And we actually moved here thinking that we were going to start a cafe here. Um, when we got here, so this will tell you even more how this, the Lord just kind of worked in all of this. We felt like we had this partner, we moved here, and then a bunch of things happened. Um, where they had some health issues. He just recently got married. His wife was having some health issues. He was really needing to provide in a more stable way. Had an opportunity to take a job at a school um, that really made a lot of sense for him to teach at. And so we again just said, hey, you have to do what's best for your family. You just start, you got into this marriage, your wife needs you to have a stable income. We understand, you know, the Lord will figure out, you know, what we're doing here and why we moved to Rio, you know, a few months ago. And it would be all right. Um, interesting side note to all of that is that in it, um, right after we moved here was when we found out about the possibility that we could adopt. Okay. So okay. had we not moved to Trujillo, I don't know that we would have ever found out that we could adopt here in Peru, um, as foreigners, basically with a with a basically the equivalent of a green card, right? Um, and and now as a result, we have you know our daughter, and it's been you know just another piece of kind of the Lord working out why we came here. Um, and then shortly after we had moved here, people started hearing that we were involved in business stuff, and asked if we could help, and asked if we could give them advice, and that's where. Um, all of the other stuff kind of then developed because it was like people reached out to us um, because this is a much bigger town where we're at now. It's it's really a, a, a sizable city, more or less. Um, and so there's a lot more resources and a lot more uh, people who are starting businesses, and, uh, especially in the church community that we're you know part of here. And so as people heard that we were doing this sort of thing, we had a number of people reaching out to us and wanting help. And that was when we realized that the Lord was really kind of swinging the focus from a business to broader scope. Um, well, really, uh, and, and, go ahead. I'm sorry, Scott. Go ahead. No, and then shortly thereafter, he ended up getting connected with uh, this group called Sewing with a Mission, which you know leads to this project that we're working on now, which I know we're going to talk about in a little bit. So. Well, I just think those pain points that you are at, they, they, they're never fun. And I think I, I think 
for, for I know this is true of Christians, and I'm going to assume it's true of a lot of other people as well, that you, you feel like you've got a set path in your life, and then it, it seems to be um, uh, dying or shutting down, and, it, and it's incredibly painful. Maybe even you feel guilt, like, did I do the wrong thing? But it's actually at those moments that you get an opportunity to see something bigger and larger, and you kind of have to step out of the guilt and the worry and the oh no, and then just step out in faith. What was that like? Because, I mean, you had had a dream to start a, a cafe. I remember that. I remember you, you telling about us about the cafe and starting it. Next thing you know, you're in a new town and your partner's gone and you got to start something new. Like, how did you work through the fear or the guilt? Or, I mean, how did you walk through that? Because that's, that's really important for folks to hear because some folks right now are in that exact same situation. So how did you, how did you two work through that, Scott? I think, um, I mean, I can only speak more for myself. My wife, I think, dealt with it a little bit differently than I did. But I think for the most part, both of us were able to really um, press through it because we continued to just seek, like, the Lord's wisdom in prayer and in counsel. Um, And we have a number of people who were encouraging us because it is easy when you're in the middle of it to just see the the negative parts, um, right. especially when you're in it every day. Um, but then when you have you know the folks who are on like our board and folks who who were investors in the restaurant who send us encouraging emails or respond to you know things that we we post and and encourage us, um, it helps you to see some of the the bigger picture stuff. You know, you keep. Uh, so I would say that's probably the biggest thing is that you have those exterior kind of groundings that are, you know, which for us is, you know, as believers is, you know, in God and his word and then also in as an organization and, you know, our, our people who support our organization and our board who are, you know, key members of the organization with us. So those things, I think, were really what continue to, you know, to encourage us through it. And now we're kind of on the other side and we see a lot of excitement ahead of us, and it's, it's pretty cool to be there now. Because, yeah, there was, you know, there was, like you said, there was this really encouraging, exciting part when we first launched, because we had a great amount of support for the whole idea from the beginning with the small cafe that we tried to start. And then two and a half, three years into it, we had hit this middle segment that was probably two years long. There was, like, a lot of uncertainty. Um, and now here we are, on the other side of that, seeing kind of where the Lord has brought us to through it all. Yeah, I'm with you, Scott. I um, I know that times of large transition, whether it be vocationally, relationally, whatever the case may be, there are times that those large movements happen smoothly, but I don't find that very often. And uh, what I find <laughs> is um, that usually there comes to be a large decision. And it is fearful, and maybe not everyone understands it. Uh, usually there's some strife attached to it for you. You know, it look like your business coming, at least the cafe ending. Um, but in the midst of that, it's led you to do new things. And now what I hear you doing is enabling so many people in Peru to have better financial wisdom, starting new businesses. Uh, it's pretty amazing that uh, you walked through that, and now what your impact is being multiplied. And uh, I think I think it's yeah. it's a temptation for for me or for all of us really that when when thing the initial vision isn't coming together it's a temptation to despair 
when it's actually an opportunity to maybe even do something greater. Don't you think? Yeah, no, I think, you know, it's, and I know you have, you know, a lot of experience in, in the business world as well. And I think this is something that as, as business people, um, we can get caught in, uh, the idea that, no, this is the idea and it has to be bid. Mm-hmm. Um, and even one of the things in the materials that we're, you know, we're talking about is like, if we're not actually meeting the needs of the people who our customers are, it doesn't matter how great the product is if, if no one wants it. Oh, that's like, really wise. Uh, it's it, really, really wise. Yeah, and like, yeah, we can be the best whatever, but if no one wants that thing, you know, it's, it's of no value. Uh, hmm. Hmm. And I think you can, as business people, sometimes think that our thing is so valuable that we won't change, you know? Right, um, right. And, and thank you, um, as, through this process, you, you know, I won't say always anxiously, but, I mean eagerly, but, um, you know, sometimes uh, maybe a little slower than, than we could have, but we need to allow the shifts to happen. Mm. Um, mm. And we've, we've, we've kept our eyes on what we always thought was the vision of the organization, which was, you know, we said that we want to see ministry increase lo- by locally supported by locals. You know, we want to see it be uh, be sustained locally by locals. We want to see it increase and be sustained locally by locals. So well, um, that part hasn't really changed, um, but how we how we're trying to do that is what has you know, and that's been the, the, the part that's allowed us to shift wow. Um, wow. is that we can continue to be the same vision. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, uh, I have mentioned on the podcast a couple of times about reading John Maxwell's book, Leader Shift, and, uh, uh, and I guess that seems to be a lot of the business age right now that um, the uh, I guess you've got to be nimble. I guess and you you, you got to be mm-hmm. you, your values can't be compromised. They can't shift. But your, your business plans and sometimes where you're going, if they're not nimble, uh, you're going to fall aside really quickly. It sounds like you guys were able to make a shift from a cafe to now something that's making a larger impact. So with that, let me ask you this question, Scott. So you've been in Peru, I guess six or seven years, six years, I guess now. Um, yeah. So, and, and I'm hearing, I'm hearing what you're telling me from a couple of viewpoints. I'm hearing it from a business perspective, and then also as a pastor, I'm, I'm hearing that as well. So, do you look at the American church and then think, hey, maybe this is the kind of stuff the American church needs to do more of, or have you not, has that not even crossed your mind? Like, uh, what, what do you think? Because I hear this impactful ministry that's changing people's lives and enabling them to do some real good. Like, have you, have you begun to think about what this might look like uh, stateside? Um, I would say yes, but not extensively because it's just not on our radar a lot. But yes, I've definitely given it thought, and I think that like the materials that we're using right now through partners worldwide um, are really solid, really solid, good stuff. But I, I definitely think you could even use them in the United States. Um, you know, if you wanted to have a ministry that would give you an access to the community to offer, you know, business training and uh, the, the, there's just so many different things you can do, you know, offering even financial peace. 
um, you know, which is really valuable financial stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those things are really definitely, and, and churches do. Um, I think what sure. we sometimes sure. don't do a great job of in the United States is making that known to the public. Um, and I think that would be a definite value if, you know, if, if you're considering having, you know, financial peace offered at your church, you know, putting an ad in a local, you know, place or on Facebook or something and letting people who aren't in the church know about it. Mm-hmm. I don't, I think that could be a, a real value add, you know, to the community yeah. and an exposure to the gospel. Yeah, when I think about what you're doing, and, and, and of course, financial peace, which I see, which seems to have lessened in popularity some, um, at least in what I see. I used to see signs around all the time, you know, it being offered, and I'm sure it is. But one of the things um, that, um, I, I don't know if it's critics, but uh, uh, business thought leaders outside the church who speak of Dave Ramsey, and they've got to speak of financial peace because the wonderful impact it's had, right? What, what I've heard folks say is like, hey, the, the budgeting and live like no one else uh, and the giving is fantastic. Um, but what I've often heard folks say is what needs to be added and taught is how do you help people make money? Because after, yeah. after a while, the piece of pie can only be sliced. I mean, you know, right. it, it can be eight big pieces or it can be 16 little pieces, but it's the same size as the pie, right? And so yeah. I'm... Uh, so forgive me for brainstorming with you. I just don't get this chance to talk to you much. Uh, I'm just thinking, you know, maybe one of the things that um, that the church could grow in, because I do know there's programs out there, is taking a model like your own and like, well, how do we help people start businesses? How do we help people go make money uh, to benefit the church, to benefit the ministries, to benefit the kingdom? So I just want to affirm what you and Julia are doing, what you guys are doing. It, it just sounds amazing, and I'm excited about the impact you're making in Peru and uh, I know you've got a large church family um, here in the Virginia area who hopefully might hear this. Hopefully it's going to flow back up this way and, and those kind of dreams and ideas will begin to hit this community because what you guys are doing is fantastic. Um, but yeah, and I think that the, the opportunity in the U.S. also is there for you to even you know look at how do you have a better connection even with your local um, you know, municipalities and things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, partnering with with groups like that to offer classes might be a great way to to yeah. have a, a connection, you know. Yeah, um, a lot of wisdom. And that's something that we're looking at doing here. So that's why I mentioned because I think you could totally do that in the United States and it would work. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm excited. Uh, you reached out to me um, a couple of days ago, and this is how we we got connected. So, friends, everyone listening, Scott and I are connected on on Facebook and. And he sent me a message about a ministry that they're part of. So, first of all, on the show notes, I'm going to leave you guys links to 5 and 2 and things that uh, Scott is doing. But uh, you referenced a specific ministry in Peru about wedding dresses. And as soon as you told me about it, I thought, this is a fantastic ministry. So, so what I know, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you explain this. From what I know, in Latin America, uh, people often rent wedding dresses as opposed to in America – the tradition, at least, seems to be that folks buy wedding dresses, and it's really expensive, and a ministry, uh, just a service and a mercy to people, has popped up in Latin America. So tell me about it, Scott, and then once you've told me about it, uh, we want to make sure that everyone listening knows how they can help you guys out. So tell me about the ministry you guys have been doing down there around wedding dresses, of all things. Yeah, so we, 
you know, we work with our training we offer in connection with a, a lot of partner organizations, and one of them is a uh, transition home for young ladies who have aged out of the orphanage system here. Um, it's an organization called Corazón de Esperanza, which means Heart of Hope, um, and they have um, about 18 young women that they work with at any given time. They work through a couple-year program, basically, to prepare them for living independently as they age out of the orphanage system and aren't then just thrust into how do I live life. Mm-hmm. They also try to help them go, if they can, they try to help them get into either an institute or a university and get some additional preparation. Um, and so we, we're working with them in some of the training and things. And, and we had a project that we did in February in partnership with an organization called Sewing with a Mission. Uh, a number of ladies came with their organization and did a week-long sewing training. And in that, they, they brought us um, a number of sewing machines that they'd left, and we started a couple little sewing projects. And they also brought um, about a 15 or 20 wedding dresses uh, and told us that in Guatemala, they had helped start basically a small wedding dress rental business. Um, and so we approached Luz de Vida, which is a part of the, which is the home for Corazón de Esperanza, to see if they would want to operate this wedding dress rental business and that we would help them through all of the, the getting it started process. And, and so that's kind of where this has uh, come to now, where we're at this point of trying to get this wedding dress business now off the ground. And um, so as we did inventory and started working through all of our business plan with, with the one young lady in particular who's in the home who's um, studying and wants to eventually have her own business, uh, named Ruth, we realized that we really need a lot more inventory. And so we started you know, reaching out via social media, especially, and, and just through our network of, of connections to try and get people to donate dresses. Um, and then we are going to be working, getting them here in a number of different ways once we get collected. Um, and so those dresses, once they get here to prove, we'll be able to inventory, clean them if they need cleaned again, and start to rent them out. As you mentioned, um, the cost of, of buying the dress here is really expensive, and therefore renting dresses has become, uh, for a, a while, uh, a much more common uh, thing here, especially in comparison to the United States. Um, but even then, it can be a fairly expensive thing, um, sometimes upwards of $500 just to rent the dress. Mm, um, wow. So what we're trying to offer, yeah, so what we're trying to offer is a, is a much more economical place uh, to rent them at, and we're working on developing some relationships with some of the wedding, some wedding dress stores and some other places so that we can hopefully get more inventory. Um, but we're also just reaching out to individuals uh, and seeing if they have a dress that they've you know, worn and are ready to, to maybe pass on, that we can collect those dresses and, and get them here. Um, you know, we really want to accomplish three things with this. We want to, one, help this transition help be able to create a small business that will help support their ministry. We want to work with the young ladies that are there who want to know, you know, about running a business to get experience doing that through this company. And then three, we want to really be able to help encourage people to get married because of having 
better uh, financial access to uh, an option for getting a dress. Um, parties and, and special events here end up being very expensive because people really just um, go all out because mm. they're, it's kind of culturally a, a big thing. Um, and so it's often an excuse not to get married okay. um, because it's just too expensive. Um, even in the church, um, you know, where people really are, you know, believe that they should get married, there will often be people who, who are active, strong members of, of the church who just don't get married because it's too expensive. Um, so we really want to help encourage that as well to, to provide an opportunity for you know, financial access to addresses so that they can have less reason not to get married. Wow. Scott, this is amazing. So you, you're, you're enabling young women who are coming out of an orphanage to uh, have a business which is protecting them, which is giving them a life. Um, you know, it's, it's removing a lot of shame that might, they might potentially encounter, um, giving them business training, and then for couples who may want to get married but sort of culturally uh, aren't getting married because of sort of the cultural pressures, you're alleviating those. You, this is a, a tremendous business that's, uh, from my perspective, uh, tell me if I've got it wrong, from my perspective, it looks like is alleviating a lot of shame on people. And it's coming very simply by people donating wedding dresses. I just really want to commend you. Uh, do you have a story, maybe? Do you have a story of, of someone you've helped and what that's been like? Well, I think, so the, probably the, the primary, I mean, so far we, we haven't rented any dresses yet. We have one young lady who's hopefully going to be our first customer soon. But I'd say that the main, the main story is, is this young lady, Ruth, who we're working with. You know, Ruth, um, has, she's, she's very, she's a survivor for sure. She had a very rough, um, experience as a young woman, dealt with some, some really unfortunate events that led to her, um, basically running away um, in, in the midst of it all and then ending up uh, getting, brought, I think, brought to a, an orphanage. Um, and out of that, uh, it was really interesting how God then started putting pieces together with her. So she was in an orphanage up in the town in the mountains called Wanuko. And a year before Sewing with a Mission uh, came here to do training with us, they were in Wanuko, and they did a training there. And she wasn't there yet, but they left a woman there who they were paying to do um, sewing training in the orphanages. And so for a year before she came here, more or less, Ruth was getting trained by a woman um, who they, this group had left up in the mountains, basically paying her a salary to do uh, sewing training, and then she came here to Trujillo, brand new to town, almost a, less than a month, and ended up coming to our training and like met all of these women who had been paying for this lady to train her. To, and she's now a really talented, like seamstress. She's she's like really for the little bit of training she has, she's very capable. And all in all, she's just a really smart young woman. Uh, she's been able to get a, a scholarship to attend. Uh, a really good university here in town and she's going to be you know getting her education and god willing um you know, she wants to start her own business someday so she's going to be the one who's kind of going to run this one while um while she's in the program 
Um, and then we'll you know, train someone else over when she graduates from the program. Awesome. She's, she's just an amazing woman. Well, Scott, this goes back to what you said earlier about if people don't want your product, <laughs> you know, why, why, you know, continue in it. But what this is, is uh, looks like you guys saw a need for affordable wedding dresses. And then you saw a need for women coming out of orphanages and the ability to sustain their own businesses. And then even a need for folks to get married affordably. Uh, I mean, I've got to commend you. Uh, it's a wonderful combination of where commerce meets the kingdom. And uh, it just sounds fantastic. So what I'm going to do for everybody is we're going to include information in the show notes where if you have a wedding dress, even here in America, you can get that to Scott and enable this ministry um, and so I believe, Scott, when we, when we, after the show, you and I will make sure we've got all the information. If you don't mind, love to make sure we can send those things out to everybody. Um, because it just sounds Absolutely. like a fantastic ministry. It really does. Locally, one option I can give you real quick, and then we can talk about others uh, afterwards, is locally there in Fredericksburg, um, anyone who is able can drop off dresses at 2530 Espresso, yeah. Um, yeah. which is on 400 Princess Anne. They're open Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. and Saturday from 7.30 a.m. to, I believe, 2.30 p.m. Okay. Um, Love 25.30. Really good folks. Really, really good local folks. Yep. Well, um, Scott, if if folks want to keep up with what you guys are doing online or on socials, where's the best place for people to find what you guys are doing? Yeah, we're on Facebook and Instagram. Um, Facebook, we are, I believe, just five and two global, um, and then Instagram, I believe, is the same. You know, five and two global initiatives on Facebook, and I think Instagram is just five and two global. Okay. And then our website is five and five, the number A N D two, the number global dot org. And on our website, there's also uh, a link under resources for wedding dress gifting. If you go there, you can find um, some more information there. And we'll have a, a donation form that you can fill out if you want to donate. Or you can just email us at contact at 5 and okay. okay. And we can get you all the information. Well, incredible, incredible. Uh, Scott, is there is there anything else about what you and Julia are doing or about 5 and 2 or the ministry that you'd like to share for us? Is there anything we, we didn't tap on? Um, well, I mean, I briefly mentioned the you know, the, the sewing with a mission. Uh, we're we're going to be, God willing, having them again uh, next year in probably February. And out of that, aside from this wedding business, we, like I said, we've had a couple little sewing workshops that we're, we're helping start. Um, and another really cool element of all of that is that these, a number of these women who were able to be trained, um, who were really talented, want to be trained. And so we're going to work with the Sewing with a Mission ladies um, to train our people here in Peru so that in the future we can actually take our people up to smaller villages and lesser uh, economical, you know, more impoverished areas uh, and do training. Um, and that's something that our ladies that we that we have here locally really kind of initiated, which has been really cool. Um, 
they were felt so blessed by the, the training that Sewing with a Mission did that they wanted to be able to kind of return the favor, so to speak. And so that's what we're working on now is, is figuring out how to, how to kind of track for that in the future. So our hope is that this year we can do some training, training the trainer, and then next year we can plan to actually take some of our people with some Sewing with a Mission people and start some of this. Awesome. Going to other places. Awesome. Well, Scott, I really yeah. want to encourage you and Julia. You guys are doing a great job. Um, I know you are, uh, uh, if you're in any way like normal entrepreneur life, I know you're out there hustling. Your eyes are open constantly. <laughs> like, what do we need to be doing? What do we need to be adding? Uh, so I know it's exhausting. I hope you guys get a chance to uh, find some rest. Uh, really excited about your daughter and the joys that you're going to have with her. Uh, blessed that you guys were able to, to, to have her and to adopt her. Uh, but thanks so much for reaching out. I'm going to include all your information as best as I can. Uh, but most importantly, I'm going to put your website on the show notes. And that way folks can get there and find out about you. Um, but uh, anything else before we wrap up, Scott? I think that's, that's everything. Uh, yeah, hopefully we can come visit you guys next time we're in the States. It's always, uh, we always hope to get down there and we, we have lots of good friends there at Heaven and Grace with you guys so we'll hopefully we'll be able to get there and join you guys for worship the next time we're there well I appreciate it well Scott I'm going to let you go uh, thanks everyone for listening to the This Is Gonna Hurt podcast please check out the show notes to find out uh, more about 5 and 2 Global and all they're doing especially this wedding dress ministry and uh, we look forward to talking to you again very very soon bye bye Friends, I'm excited to tell you about a new sponsor of ours, evangelizetoday.info. That's evangelizetoday.info. I want you to check out this website because evangelizetoday.info gives you a just a wealth of resources. First of all, Evangelize Today runs a host of evangelism and conferences and workshops across the country. In fact, they're getting ready to go to one in, in Bali, which I really wish I could go to. I really do. Maybe next year. Uh, they also offer residencies for anyone who wants to grow in understanding and how to tell their own story and of course just growing in the sharing of the gospel they uh, excitedly host Blue Church which happens every single day at JV's restaurant and bar you've got to click on the Blue Church tab to understand that but even more importantly uh Evangelize Today publishes some amazing resources, most of which are written by my good friend, Dr. Alan Dayhoff. He's got, uh, if you're familiar with him, he wrote a book about tattoos telling the secrets of the soul, Uh, but his new book is called The Genius in Your Wound, Life's Worst Can Reveal Your Best. And friends, what this is, it's an opportunity for people to share their stories about incredibly difficult circumstances they've been through, but what they're realizing is that out of these difficult circumstances, there's actually a genius being born. There's actually a great story that God is working. So check them out today. Check out evangelizetoday.info. And if you want to get Genius in Your Wound, you can get it, of course, at Amazon, or you can get it at lulu.com. Either one. Check them out. We're excited to have them on board. You care about your business. That's why preformed and prepackaged approaches to marketing do not help. Because of that, CTP Marketing and Consulting seeks to understand you, your product, and your services, and they will partner with you in creating a customized approach to meet your marketing needs. 
Towards that end, CTP offers traditional print marketing, social media services, SEO, event coordination, campaign creation, fundraising, and a host of other services. Reach out to them today and see if this personal approach to marketing can help you grow your business. You can find them at ctpmarketplace.com or you can email them at admin at ctpmarketplace.com. That's admin at ctpmarketplace.com. Reach out to them today for their free evaluation and see if they can help you grow your business and help you meet your goals.